Chapter Twenty One of Order Number Eleven. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Order Number Eleven by Carolyn Abbott Stanley. Chapter Twenty One. Oh, Sister Phoebe. They were having a party at Mister Delano's in independence the next night thank god it is never all shadow anywhere or anywhen in this world they were in full tide of what the scoffing called presbyterian dancing mr delano was an elder and of course could not be expected to countenance worldly amusements dancing he believed to be a device of the evil one in fact he knew it his mind never experienced one fleeting doubt on this subject his principles were ultramarine and his practice well the young people in his house always stood in a ring instead of a parallelogram the girls sandwiched between the boys and then joined hands and circled to the left to the music of their own young voices in the pious delusion that it was not a dance but a play good mr delano looking on with approval and thanking god that these dear lambs were not as other lambs not even as the poor ungodly episcopalians who fiddled openly and danced on the square it was oh sister phoebe they were playing the game that stands in all hearts of that day for youthful effervescence and the joy of life it was another missouri compromise it has limbered the joints and satisfied the cravings of whole generations of youthful sinners longing to dance and daring not even mr mctavish could see no harm in o sister phoebe though his more acrid spouse after watching it once said that for her part she couldn't see much difference between professors and worldlians one seemed about as limber jointed as the other but the majority took mr mctavish's view and the presbyterian youngsters got their share after all for nature is rarely cheated they were singing it gaily tonight with a soft swish of skirts and the tread of slippered feet oh sister phoebe how merry were we when we sat under the juniper tree the juniper tree e hi o hi o the juniper tree hi o thus far it was always clear sailing and everybody felt and looked natural but in the next quatrain a choice was imminent and those having any reasonable hope of being selected by the lone occupant of the ring looked away in rosy self-consciousness or cast coquettish glances as the case might be and now it was rise you up johnny and choose the one choose you the fairest or else choose none or else choose none i o i o or else choose none i o all this was preliminary of course for with the maiden of his choice seated demurely beside him johnny or tommy or jimmy or whoever the happy youth might be had a cap in his hand with which to crown the captured lady for his guerdon he was to but the song itself tells it 
take this cap on your head keep your head warm take a sweet kiss and twill do you no harm twill do you no harm i o i o twill do you no harm i o and probably it never did none of us can remember the damage anyway though we have no difficulty in recalling the bliss from time to time couples slipped out of the ring and promenaded up and down the piazza which seemed built on purpose running as it did the length of two generous missouri rooms and the hall then there was the summer-house in the yard whose moonlighted doorway and shadowy nooks stood invitingly near of course a place of any pretensions always had a summer-house virginia trevelyan was radiant that night in a dotted white swiss with blue-shired ribbons defining her snowy arms and neck and a queen of the prairie rose in her hair john delano had asked her if it were named for her it might have been considering her stateliness the bloom on her cheek and her prairie home somehow nobody ever thought of virginia as a country girl she was simply from jackson or the prairie she was talking animated to young tevis when she heard her name pronounced behind her in a stage whisper by uncle joe the negro man who waited on the door she excused herself and stepped into the hall what is it uncle joe day some young man waitin for you outside miss virginia num he say he won't come in he's waitin down dar by de white honeysuckle who is it you know num i don't know him looks to me like he's one of dese here federals oh no uncle joe she laughed there's no federal that wants me or would get me if he did she ran lightly down the walk to the honeysuckle which covered a flaring fan-shaped frame out in the yard a tall man stood in its shadow she cast a half-scared glance toward the house as she saw the uniform of a soldier did you wish to see me she asked with head erect i am miss trevelyan the visor of the man's fatigue cap threw his face into shadow virginia why gordon lay she put her hands impulsively in his and then drew back what are you doing in those clothes his heart sank he had not seen her since september before her welcome even was her disapprobation made manifest when did you get home from kentucky the day after you went away your mother said did you go to see mother no i went to see you but you were gone then i came on here i couldn't go without seeing you virginia she dropped into a seat that stood at the foot of the honeysuckle and he sat down beside her they were enveloped by its cloying sweet the fragrance associated itself forever afterward with that hour gordon are you really really going his soldier dress had told the news i am going i have come to say good-bye but gordon why do you go i know you don't feel as we do but why must you go to fight your own people for they are your own people 
because i am needed he said simply did you know beverly had gone yes suppose you two should meet on the battlefield have you thought of it i have thought of it many many times virginia but he did what he thought was right and i must do the same do you blame me for it no it isn't that but oh gordon it is so dreadful will you be where they will fire cannon and bombs and all those things that you can't dodge as you could a little bullet i shall go wherever they send me he said a soldier cannot choose when did you enlist yesterday the moonlight made the place like day except for the shadow of the honeysuckle did mother see you in those clothes no but i don't believe it would have made any difference with her if she had he was thinking of her parting blessing gordon stand up he stood before her in the full strength of his young manhood his uniform accentuated his height she shivered and turned her head with a little gasp you are so tall they would be sure to aim for you the promenaders went back and forth on the piazza black coats and figures in voluminous skirts and rainbow tints with gleaming bare arms flitted past the french windows the soft tramp of that endless circle came to them plainly there was a burst of gay laughter now and then and the song went on afresh oh sister phoebe how merry were we virginia drew her breath almost in a sob it was always in the past how merry were we how merry were we it seemed to her that it would never be are we again there was a tightening in her throat and a constriction about her heart what good times they had had all their lives but it was over now with beverly in one army and gordon in the other oh it was too dreadful and that wretched senseless music when we sat under the juniper tree the juniper tree e hi o hi o the juniper she recalled how they used to wonder what the juniper tree was and why sister phoebe had chosen that and who sister phoebe was anyway but if the juniper tree was not in her catalogue of remembered umbrage almost everything else was everything certainly that grew in jackson county and gordon was with her under them all there were the apple trees they used to rifle in the spring and the haw bushes and the crab apple down in the pasture whose blossoms gordon had told her shyly one day were just the color of her cheek she had always remembered that for that was the day she first found out oh well and there were the locust trees in dr lay's yard under which they had all sat and played authors steeping themselves in perfumed bliss and carefree indolence while the bees went back and forth gathering honey for future needs and looking down in buzzing superiority upon the lazy mortals never guessing that they too were gathering sweets for wintry days and there were the redbuds and dogwood 
that the boys had scorned to have called trees at all and the giants of the forest that they climbed for grapes and the hickories and black walnuts of their youthful hunts when they did not mind stained hands for the joy that was set before them of luscious nuts and winter nights and scott's novels and the big honey locust under which they found the thorns to use as stilettos for the gown yokes the girls were always embroidering even the sapling spoke of him for one of her earliest recollections was of the boys holding down the slender trees for herself and sally to mount and ride gordon always showed her exactly where to sit and let her up gently while beverly misled the trusting sally and went into convulsions of laughter on the ground as she shot shrieking into the air oh the good times they had had under the trees and gordon was in them all how merry were we how merry were we verge he dropped into the old name unconsciously suppose i shouldn't come back would you care care it seemed to the girl with a cannonball before her eyes that she would never care for anything else there was little coquetry about virginia trevelyan and there was no time for it had there been they were facing tremendous issues and they knew it oh gordon she said her heart in her eyes and he took her to his arms it was a poor wooing but when two hearts have opened side by side from nascent bud to perfect flower there is small need of words virginia if i come back if she clung to him he would come back he would he would surely the cannonball would pass him by it must strike somebody of course but not him oh god not him it was thus we pray with inarticulate moans it is thus we believe in our helplessness and in our love some other one not ours we say forgetting in our anguish that he too that other one is somebody's stay somebody's best beloved if i come back he whispered when you come back she said her form erect her head thrown back with shining eyes and lips that tried hard not to quiver when you come back she would not say if and so they were betrothed virginia he said after a while i was half afraid to come to you in my uniform i thought you might scorn me perhaps because i had it on and yet i wore it purposely she looked up at him proudly why should i scorn you for offering your life for the cause you think right if feeling as you do you had stayed at home rather than risk losing me then i should have scorned you i can forgive a courageous act even when it is against my side but a base one never dearest i think one could hardly do a base thing with love of you in his heart virginia remembered those words long afterward and tried to believe they were true but oh gordon she cried later 
i do wish you were in the other army i won't know now which side to pray for pray that the right may win he said gravely end of chapter twenty one recording by john brandon